Well, it's the dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense. Trying to tangle with us, scoop up a big black booties in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, Some internet. There we are. We're healthy. Yeah, it always makes me always makes me feel good. The old Zencaster running health checks and, and getting past yeah, it. Yeah, running. <laughs> At our like- age, we should be. You know, the blood pressure off the off the fucking scale and cholesterol climbing and whatever else. But no, no, no. We, we're we're healthy enough to do this, which is uh, always encouraging. <laughs> it's like. Like a weekly checkup. You're healthy. Yes. Great. And then it crashes. No finger up the arse. It's just, you know, does your internet work? No. Well, that's the same as before. Yeah. Yes. Get, let me get all my ducks in a row. Cyber duck? Yeah. God damn it. Can I just not count? Is that my problem? Uh, Possibly. I'm just going to pull up the NBA standings. I'm not going to bother looking at the uh, wins pool results. Yes. Because I think I'm, I'm like 20 points down or something. It's it's not even close. It, it could be. I mean, Adam is like 60 or 80 points. Uh, the gap could be that big by the end of this. It's just it's just completely gone. If the Celtics um, had a theme song, which is probably, you know, some sort of slightly racist Thing about leprechauns. <laughs> Something about <laughs> kicking the shit out of the darkies. <laughs> I would, I would sing it because they they are absolutely just dragging me up the standings. The, yes, the, the Raptors means, too. The Raptors too. I have to say. The I need Raptors. to buy you some Baileys or some Canadian Club and Dry. Jesus Christ! It's on brand. <laughs> it, pay respects to what got you here. Dance with the one who brought you. Well, the Raptors too, because the Raptors were like. That's what I say, Canadian club. Canadian club. I think surely that. Well, some of that uh, terrible Canadian beer, like Moosehead. Well, you know, it, it wasn't a good week if you're a defensive-minded centre. It's obviously that you, you know, the Seventy Sixers can't win without some guard defence. Is this your bizarre defence of Rudy Gobert for being completely ineffectual at anything apart from being tall and French? Uh, no, I think it's more... Because you did drop a tweet that was trying to compare Embiid and Gobert, and I thought, yeah, but Embiid can score, and Gobert literally yeah, but, can't. But, no, okay, that's that's where I have uh, problems with the Jazz, is that the French team managed to get 25 points a game out of real basic... Feeble action. rules, though, man. I mean, it's a different um, sort of game. Okay. No, I, I think it was... fucking big man can do stuff. The way you know the the line is closer. The no, I actually, it's a, I actually it's think a little it, bit. I think it feeds more into that narr- that that thing that you said about like why Gobert would never play um, that Rob Williams sort of help defense role because you know he's got to be the man sitting in the paint. And I think the Jazz are a His little bit too high. Yeah, it, the Jazz are a little bit um, trapped by the narrative that. Donovan's got to do all the scoring and Gobert's got to do all the defense without 
trying to sort of push outside their areas a little bit. Do you feel like that's the basis of why they don't get on? Gobert probably wants to do more offensively and um, Donovan's sick of being lambasted as a, as a non-defensive factor at all. And the fact that Rudy gave them all COVID. <laughs> it's like that. Uh, like, uh, I, I guess what I'm saying is if he gets humbled by being, you know, they trade his ass out of out of Utah or, you know, I guess but that. The- you never get trump- humbled by being having your ass traded out of Utah because by definition that's not a step down. Or unless he, you unless know, you really like snowboarding or <laughs> racism, or he, um, uh, you know, like if he gets moved on, essentially, like he's seen as the disposable piece, and he's willing to change his game slightly, or he gets a coach that's like, actually, I think you could do a little bit more. We could push you a little bit harder in some other areas. Um, uh, I, d- I think he could come back. Do and you bite, feel like bite, Quinn bite. Quinn is failing anybody anywhere yes. though? Okay. Oh yeah, I, I I think I think he's. Are you down on Quinn just because he looks like the bad guy from a fucking young adult Disney series? You always talk about you know you have coaches that can bring you so far and then they you know they basically hit the upper limits of what they can do. Brett and, Brown. Yeah, Brett Brown's a great example. And I love Brett Brown, but but he was he was a rebuild coach. He wasn't a. Uh, you know, a, a title contending coach. Now, I'm not saying that fucking Doc Rivers is mm. because he's getting comfortably outperformed by his um, protege. Oh, Ty Lue, yeah. The guy he kind of said, yeah, you should come and do some assistant coaching. Ty Lue's much better at this shit than, than Doc Rivers is, given the, so, given the fucking shit he pulls out. So I was, I was listening to a, a bit a bit about, and f- forgive me for my sins, um, about Ring a podcast? One, one, of the co- one of the college games this week. Where the highest- oh god, it's so much worse than the ringer. <laughs> um, I mean, I saw that one of my favorite, one of the only people I can stand on the ringer is one of their football callers, and he's now doing a Formula One podcast, <laughs> much like No Dogs. And I'm like, it doesn't need to be like this. None of you people have ever seen a Formula One race that that happened before 2020. Why are you? Why do you suddenly think you need to have podcasts? Um, we might as well have a Formula One podcast. Um, well, you, you do. It's just once a year. Um, and no, very occasionally, little bits at the end of this podcast. Um, Saudi Grand Prix shouldn't happen. No, so so what what they were saying was that the higher seed that had potentially three or four players that will go to the NBA next year got their ass handed to them by a bunch of guys that might go undrafted or in the second round. You know, like yeah. the, the the talent gap team was, of champions, champion team sort of. Well, what thing. what what they were saying was the guy that had the NBA talent was like. We're the number one seed. We um we play was this out the Kentucky game. No, I think it was Arkansas. And the guy that coaches the other side is a guy that's been done for you know like giving shoes to the the end of the bench player or something. You know, like he'd been oh, done like, for one so of those. The, what, what the NCAA call violations, but what yeah. reality calls entirely fair. And so enough. he he was he was a blue blood coach, but got. Bumped out of that job for you know non non sporting conduct, looking after the actual people that, that play the basketball. Um, but anyway, he he's known as this coach that will just basically like scout the fuck out of the other side, find your weakness, and exploit that weakness again and again and again. And so, a coach then, yeah, yeah. But the what they were saying was the the Arkansas coach 
must have known that this was coming. Like this guy now has done this with with less talent than everybody else. He like always overachieves. So so wouldn't you pregame the pregame? Like wouldn't you go, well, they're probably going to try and attack our weaknesses. What are we going to do when they attack their weaknesses? And they reckon this guy was just clueless. He was just like, no, no, we'll just keep we'll just keep running our shit and our talent will basically grind them into the dust. Now, I, the I think je- that's right because Arkansas played Duke and you couldn't get a no. team that were more that are more blue blood and self-masturbatory than Duke. It no, might, you might be talking no, about Duke- Arkansas who Arkansas. beat somebody worse than them to get, you know, uh, to, to make it to the game against Duke. No, uh, Duke are playing season. North Carolina. They are now, yes. Duke beat Arkansas. Arkansas oh, okay, beat somebody no. better than, better than no, them so to it make it to it, the game against Duke. Was it Arizona then? I'm sure it was something that started with that. They were the number one seed anyway. Why is it Arkansas and not Arkansas? Because you've got Kansas and you've got Arkansas. Ah, I don't know. But it's pronounced Arkansas. And that but, concludes our college basketball coverage. But to bring it back I to insist. the – Bring it back to the Jazz – Quinn seems to be a guy that is really good at figuring out ways. Embezzling funds because he looks like a hedge fund manager who's, who's come across bad times and is sweating a lot. I had a point in here somewhere. Or, or, or the, do you remember that Bond film from like 1989 where Bond goes up against nah, the drug dealers in, in, in fucking no, Quinn, Central America and there's like this this kind of oily accountant guy? Quinn Snyder looks like that guy. No, no. Quinn Snyder is he's the bad guy out of one of the Char- – the, the, there's two Charlie Angels films. I think it's the first one and he's the henchman in the Charlie's Angel, Angels film. I'll send, you, I'll send you a picture. He is totally that dude. Well, I'll send you a f- picture of the fucking <laughs> – We'll see who's closer. The guy who uh, I think at some point um, T- Timothy Dalton straps into a Stinger missile and patches him off into a into a fucking uh, petrol tanker. It's a, a petrol tanker in which all of the cocaine is dissolved because that's the process they figured out is to transport the cocaine dissolved in petrol. Because well, now the petrol sure now the petrol would be worth more than the cocaine. So that's yeah, true. That's you'd be hiding the cocaine out of it. Can you stop getting that fucking cocaine's just ruining my fuel economy. <laughs> Am I supposed to drive the F-150 with this shit? <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, I don't think Quinn's very good at uh, adapting on the fly. I think he's too slow to change, is my point. Brett Brown. That was Which- always the the thing that we used to we used to drag him about when uh, with the Simmons, Jimmy Butler, Joel and B teams. They'd go out there, but they would never make any adjustments. Anyway, it sounds like he'll have the fun job of coaching the Lakers on a four-year contract for two years and sitting on a beach somewhere and making lots of money. So you can't look. There's worse ways to semi-retire, I guess. What's fun is that all the things that we talked about last week as being yeah, this might happen before the end of the year had literally happened by Monday. Like the Lakers had dropped out of the fucking <laughs> dropped out of the play-in, and all that stuff had happened. It was like it's like bang, okay. I guess now we move on to the next thing. Well, what's the other thing that happened that was, that was the, the, along those lines? The Nuggets could finish fourth, or like, they could finish seventh. Yeah, uh, they got a little. They got a three game. There's a gap really on, big game coming Tim- up between yeah, they the play Nugs, the Timberwolves. Then the Wolves, and the Timberwolves yeah. don't win that game. They are going to be in they're the play-in. seventh. Yep. Yep. And and the and, Nuggets need to win that to make sure they're not in the play-in. And the Clippers, like I know they lost today, but just look like a. You know, a wrestling villain 
tearing the the fake cast off and bouncing yeah. back and going, okay, who can we spoil? <laughs> By God, that's Paul George's music. Yeah. It's a lot of that sort of stuff going on, which is all good fun, which is a lot more fun than watching what is left of the Lakers, which is just, <laughs> it's not even funny anymore. It's just sad. Okay, it is still funny. It, uh, it, uh, it's I very think- funny. <laughs> Someone said what the Lakers absolutely deserve is to win the playing game, get into the eighth, and then just have the Suns going, oh, last year was a fluke, was it? Well, how about we fucking rip your heart out for four games? What they they deserve to do is to win the 9-10 and lose the 7-8. So they are. Like, they're worse than last year. They get essentially fuck all out of their pick. And... uh, and well, as yeah, there like, was it's, some it's, tweet that was saying, you know, is Rob Polinka the man to lead the Lakers front office? No, absolutely not. <laughs> you is, lost me at Rob Polinka. Is is Rob Polinka brackets? Is Rob Polinka? Why is Rob Polinka? <laughs> brackets LeBron James, Rich Paul, uh, the Rambo. But that's the problem. Is that he's not? He is and no. he isn't. Like it's like you. Are you fucking running this show, or is somebody else running this show? What's the fucking point of you, bro? You just like a bad, like a the guy you get if you need a Rob Lowe impersonator, and nobody ever needs a Rob Lowe impersonator. And you would have to say, who does gu- number two work for? Um, the the guy that uh, who's the the old GM of the Lakers that's now the GM of the Cupcake. Hornets, Cupcheck. Who Cupcheck sounds I- like something you do to make sure somebody's wearing something in their crotch to make sure they don't get get hit in the testicles with a cricket ball. Like, okay, the Hornets aren't. A great side yet, but he's fucking drafted the ass out of it. Like Ball, Bridges, um, uh, who's the the other? They're other- not a great side, but I'll tell you what they are. Mm. Above five hundred. Yep. In a harder division. Yeah. Because the East this year is a harder division. I mean, apart from the top of the West, the the East is tougher to be in. In top to bottom, like first to tenth, is nine games apart. It is a fucking rock fight. Top to bottom is 29 games. That is what the difference between the top and the ninth team in the West is. So it's definitely much more. I mean, the the, the top teams in the West are definitely the best teams in basketball. But on any given night in the East, you're going to have a tougher game of basketball than you do anywhere else uh, on the other side of the country. So the Nuggets and the 76ers now have the same amount of wins which must really, really, which is quite be- insane, given that the, given the, the the Sixers are two and a half games out of the top, and the Nuggets could could be in the plane. Mind you, they're only, they're they're six, so there's not really that much difference. Utah and Denver have the same record as of tonight, because Utah's win at LA uh, put them up to fifth, which puts I- them in a four five with Golden State, who have the same record as Dallas. Basically, everything is up for grabs from three down in the West. Well, the Warriors sort of feel like, you know, if we don't have Steph back healthy, it doesn't matter where we land. So we'll we'll just have to, you know, let's not kill ourselves to improve our rankings. Uh, As long as we're in the top six, we should be fine. And And they should be. They're not going to drop five games games. between now and, yeah. How many games are there left? 77. So there's only five games left, yeah. Like a week and a half. Was with, the, with the basketball games. And um, I think previously we talked about five, six, seven being pretty close. Now there has been a bit of a gap developed between uh, six and seven. So it's yep. them to keep winning and Minnesota have lost a couple on the, on the bounce. So 
Minnesota, I don't think are going to get out of the seven. I think they're going to be in the play-in because they are a, a good three games off. The um, Nuggets, the Nuggets play the Lakers twice too in, yeah. their, in their last five games. So, And, and the, the Grizz have the two seed, so they might even tank that Nuggets game. Um, yeah, and they're not losing the two seed because they're fucking six games clear of Dallas yeah. and um, and Golden State. So that's that's fine. Everyone is where they need to be, and the Lakers are done. They're not. They're not making it. They're. Uh, so I guess the uh, what the all the Mavs really want to do is stay ahead of. Oh yeah, oh, the Mavs. Well, the, got- the Mavs aren't aren't leaving three. They are. Yeah. They can't get any higher. They could end up lower. Um. But there's no um, point trying to manoeuvre it because you don't know what Utah and Denver are going to do. That, they've and got, they've got either the, of those teams are fine for you. I mean, if you're Dallas, Utah or Denver, I'm not thinking that you'd – would you think you'd have any great advantage over one versus the other or do you just take what you get? Like if, if you wanted – like you want the Jazz. Do you? Yeah, I think so. I think the Jazz – If you're Dallas. A, yeah, Absolutely. Why? Because I don't, I don't feel like that. Why, why do you think? Why do you think specifically they want they want Utah be, be, over Denver? Because Denver have have a playoff history of lifting in the playoffs. Like Jokic is Jokic has that same thing that Luca does, where he you know he can pull a superhuman effort out in the finals. I think the Jazz are just fragile. So you just think because because the Jazz are uh, uh, kind of Jack Cullis, flat track bully yep. style, you know, eighty two game team rather than a sixteen game team. You know, like. Uh, uh, Having uh, played a seven-game uh, series against them back when I, back when I could put up with Portland before they hired rapists and creeps, Utah are not a fucking joke. No, I but mean I th- the, the think- results aren't great in the playoffs, but they are no fucking joke. They have a, uh, and some of that spine went away with Jingles. Yeah, but isn't it amazing? They that, are like no a, fucking joke. A, a second, how much difference that second-tier player not being there. Has made to them. It's he's really, it's but, really, but he's not a, a name above the headline kind of player. No, but it's really but unbalanced. Their right. side, yeah. He is literally a culture setter. It, he's like a not quite as good. Like Draymond's way more important to the Warriors, but he's in that similar sort of set the standard, uh, facilitate the rest of the stars games sort of player. But every every locker room has these players who are not the ones who score all the points or do all the defense or whatever mm. or grab all the headlines, but are the most important for setting the culture. Um, Beaver Menzies, uh, Manly in New South Wales and Australia, for example. I mean, he was never the the guy who fucking you know he was never the guy in the headlines. He was never scoring all the tries, but he was mm. um, incredibly important for setting the fucking template for how you conducted yourself. And Draymond's an example of that, but you can't claim that Draymond isn't doesn't grab the headlines for himself. I mean, yeah, yeah. TNT and his own podcast, and you know, endless technical fouls and never shutting up. You know, <laughs> he he refuses to be put in that box. But I think Nathan Lyons a little bit like that for the Australian team too. Just not not only in his, but he is. I mean, who won the fucking Test match for them? Yeah, well, I mean, and- Pat Cummins took three wickets, but Nathan Lyons took five. And, and all and that, that all the fucking chatter about you know Nathan Lyon never never takes enough wickets on a final day to win a Test match, yeah he kind of did that that day. It was funny because I talked to Pat before uh, before the home Test series and I said, oh, who do you think Australia's best player is? And he do you, didn't we need to introduce Pat because more recent listeners probably haven't heard Pat because Pat hasn't done yeah, done a guest on the pod for, for a long for time. So he he's sort of my 
one of the players who played for me, who was you know my cap, the captain of, of many of the sides I've coached, and is tell sort the of, truth. Pat is your imaginary friend who has better opinions than you, and you just put all those opinions on the idea. I was talking to Pat. His code name for he's, he's a he's a he's point a of view I'm not that confident about, but I'm going to put it forward as though somebody smarter than me came up with it. Well, the thing about Pat is he's played first grade cricket in Brisbane. Like he's a he's a genuine proper sort of cricket person. So I always find it interesting bouncing my left field ideas off him where he just goes, no, dude, that's just not how cricket works. Did you ask him works. about the – because I was having this chat with no. friends of mine who played a bit of grade about the um, being Sean Abbott slash mm. would you bowl short to Pukowski and whether you'd have any qualms about it. But my impression is that, that you know, people who've played grade cricket would be like, yeah, fuck yeah, if he's out there, he's put mm. himself up for it and he can eat shit if he eats shit. I'm like – yeah, but you could end him. But the, the di- seems okay. like a lot. But maybe you just don't even think about that shit. Well, the the difference I feel, and I saw all your tweets about it tonight. And the yeah, difference- I was talking with I was talking with Adam, and I was talking with Josh, who's um um one of my oldest mates who who still plays a little bit of club cricket in Sydney. I think it, the the difference is it would be like Sean Abbott bowling to Hughes, knowing that he had no helmet on nine concussions in a row. It's effectively like bowling to somebody who's got no helmet on, who's walked out there with no helmet and said, look, fucking, I'm fucking, I don't give a shit, bro. Bring it. It, It'd be interesting to talk to a defensive player in the NFL whether, like, if they were going against a quarterback with a history of concussions where, like, you know, the word on the street amongst the players was, fuck, this guy really probably shouldn't still be playing. You know, he's been concussed too many times. Yeah, but in the NFL... Your contracts are so, such on a knife edge. You absolutely have to win that guy yeah. in order to, to. It's a very different kind of thing. Yeah, there's it's no not, guaranteed contracts. Yeah, so you kind of have to. It's a little like you know. It's all, it, there's a reason why NFL football is compared to the army quite so much. Mm. It's because it really is quite so brutal in that respect. You have to end that guy who's opposite you, or you get cut. You know, the hard knocks shows they always show of, of preseason for generally one of the teams that are struggling. I think next year it's going to be the Detroit Lions, who are fucking awful. It's full of stories of these guys who are struggling to make the team and, you know, they're living out of their cars and all that kind of shit. Yeah. So there's a real, Well, the, you know, the, the weird thing about the NFL is it- One of the many. Doesn't, it doesn't really, like, what's its second grade? What's its reserve grade? Like the- College can, football. The Canadian I, League? I mean, it, it's essentially college football and- Practice squads? Yeah, practice squads. And every every so often they try to launch a um, a secondary league like an XFL or a U- USFL. They're gonna have mm. another crack at um, to kind of keep people in a gig and to kind of fill the gap after the NFL goes because there's that sort of period um, in sort of March, April, May where baseball hasn't started and basketball's kind of slogging through to the the playoff before the playoffs start. They think they can make some money there, but um, because. I, I- the reason I've been thinking about it is because I've been thinking about Kaminga and how he is was. Is Jonathan Kaminga the, um, um, the rookie the, for, rookie Golden, for State. The, um, Golden State Warriors who was uh, good, I would uh, say. On well, balance, I would say but, he was good. But he's good for in a rookie an, on a really good team because it's hard to be uh, it's hard to be a, yeah, good a good as a rookie, rookie on a yeah. really good team because you don't get the minutes, although he is getting a lot of minutes, and you, you don't get the focus. In a way that you know, I'm thinking of the Michael Carter Williams on that terrible Sixers team. Mm. Got to be Rookie of the Year because he or, was the or, focus of everything. Or Green on the Rockets, you know, where 
Yes. You, you, you know, you're not going to win you, any You get games. the greenest of green lights because there's literally nobody else who can do shit yeah. here, mate. So you just, just fucking fill your boots. So he came out of the G League, right? And he struggled in the G League, and and, and he was, was in that G League night team, wasn't he? He was yeah. the, the the fucking special team. The the we're going to hire all. So this is this team that was set up to kind of take on talented high school kids as kind of an alternative to playing in college or going overseas to an Australia or Europe or wherever else. But the the ignite team is supposedly run like an NBA side, right? Like they're they're. I mean, that's what the, they say. They're, well, but in terms of their rhythms and their, but they never play. That's the problem. I mean, you can say well, we run it like an NBA team, but they only play like ten games a year. Yeah, they don't have that grind that the yeah. NBA. But but I guess my point is, he dropped in the draft because he didn't really have that great uh, a season for the ignite. But what it seemed- I think I thought that was more because he and. Was it Green or was one of the other guys who was also in that team? Green, and he yeah. didn't have as good a season as the other guy. I think it, I think it was Jalen Green. Yeah, it was. And therefore he dropped, but he dropped exactly as far as the the, uh, the Doves needed him to in order to fall to him. And now he's having a much better time than Jalen Green, who was stuck out on the fucking Rockets, scoring pointless points for a team that is garbage. But but it seems to have filed away some of those rookie edges that kids coming out of college have where yeah. the, the transition from college to though you would have to say a lot of the college players that came into the yep. NBA this year don't seem to have don't seem to have struggled too much but yeah but th- at the top end for sure but there, there's ones who you know we'll never hear of who were drafted yeah. and, and didn't succeed and will disappear yeah <laughs> who was it there was someone on the Kings back when the Kings were good and and he told this story 2002 about, <laughs> yeah like that that long ago and uh, he told the story about going up to like his vet on the side and said, "When do we get Bloody. our when do we get our Christmas break?" And he's like, "Dude, we play on Christmas Eve and then we play on Boxing Day. You don't we don't stop, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't get to go home for Christmas. You don't get yeah. to go home for Thanksgiving. We keep playing because this is your job. You're professionals." Yeah. You get to go home for all of because we play for the Kings. You get to go home in the middle of April yeah, because Ken, we ain't making the fucking playoffs. Cancun is really nice in May. Yeah, yeah. You get paid. <laughs> was it as Don Draper said? That's what the money is for. Don't worry about that. I, I was at a client today who's going to Mexico next week, and it was very hard for me to not make the <laughs> Okay, so joke. is he actually going? Is he going to pay his debts, or is he just going to Christopher skase his way out of here? Uh, he's, he's a he's a massive um, coffee roaster, and he's going over to see some of the growers in Mexico. But is, just- is that a euphemism? <laughs> This guy's a fucking massive coffee roaster. Uh, you <laughs> turtle fucking coffee roaster. It, it feels like a Glaswegian swear. He does work in Peter Dutton's electorate. Maybe he's, um, you know, cleaning a bit of money. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure I'm, you can see the virtual fucking, you know, quotation marks. He's going over there to inspect the coffee plantations in Mexico. For sure. Uh, as we said before, you'd probably be more profitable smuggling diesel at the moment yeah. than, than cocaine. But anyway, <laughs> save the petrol you were going to spend going there and just sell that instead. Yeah. Um, Basketball's uh, funny, isn't it? I have no idea what we were talking about in the NBA. 
Um, probably the Western Conference because that seems to be all we ever talk about. Um, Miami and Milwaukee are going to win the t- win the East, aren't they? East. Your Boston Celtics. That that Heat game yesterday between Celtics and um and the Heat. That was a real good game of basketball. So that I don't hit- feel like that game that game turned on on Time Lord not being about, but well, definitely takes a little, maybe five percent off Boston's potential. The, the Heat have one easy game left. They've got the Bulls, the Raptors, the Hornets, the Hawks, and the Magic. All teams that probably want to have win. got something to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Bucks. But they don't seem to care about that. Like they'll just they'll churn out big results against good teams and then play shit against bad teams. They're not. Not terribly bothered, I would have thought. The Bucks have the Clippers, the Mavericks, the Bulls, the Celtics, the suddenly frisky Pistons, and the Cavs. Again, not sides. Pistons probably... picked a really odd moment to start caring, didn't they? Like really odd. What the fuck are they doing? I guess they, <laughs> I guess they just figured that it doesn't matter because the the draft odds are pretty flat. Well, that, there's also could, the thing where the top win, four they could win out and still not pass the paces. So that's true, and. There's also the thing where we're not sure if anybody in the top four is trying not to be higher than third to avoid mm. the Brooklyn Nets and whether that's even a thing because now literally eight, nine, and ten, Brooklyn, Charlotte, and Atlanta all have the same record and it's entirely possible Brooklyn ends up tenth and never get never makes it anywhere near the uh, the playoffs at all. The Hornets and the Hawks could absolutely upset the Nets in a one-off game. Absolutely. It's a one-off game. You know, this idea that, oh, yeah, Brooklyn are now the favourite in the East. No, they're not because they're not guaranteed to be playing in the mm. fucking East playoffs. The, the, the problem with being below sixth, you're not in the game yet. You have to you have to kind of apply for an invitation. Brooklyn absolutely don't want to get uh, into that 9-10 spot because I think they've got a much God, better no. chance of beating the Cavs in a one-off game and getting the seventh seed than they do of, like, the Hornets and, and the Hawks are both high-variance teams that could absolutely have a hot night and oh, God, knock the Nets out. Particularly Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta at 10 are terrifying. They're probably going to be all right, though. The, the Nets play the Hawks, the Rockets, the Knicks, the Pacers and the Cavs. They're probably going to finish eight. Yeah, but that last game against the Cavs is going to be a semi-final for the semi-final kind of thing. Yeah. A little bit of like that. Wasn't that was that game... It was a game a few years ago where the the year that Jimmy Butler's Timberwolves made the play in play, play made the playoffs, they had to play a game like in the last game of the season in order to get that seeding point. It was almost like a play, um, what about against Portland? But it was it, it's that kind of vibe in that you have to play the, it's an unofficial semi final before you actually mm. make it make, make the big show. See that that'd actually be really fun. The, the Sixers have got a pretty good chance of getting the one seed. They've got the Hornets, the Cavs. If they the... want it, I don't think they want it. I think they've been just quietly kicking the clutch in. They've lost three on the trot. They don't feel terribly inclined to be bothered. I think they have gone full. I mean, Darren Moore is their GM. Uh-huh. Would, would any other like out of Milwaukee, Miami, Boston, and Philadelphia? Philadelphia are the number one team I would have, I would think of who have said we're going to deliberately tank our way out of it and completely avoid Brooklyn. Yeah, and, and, they're, and, they're exactly- and Miami would be the second, and they are number they're number one seed, so they clearly aren't doing that. The, the Sixers are exactly the sort of side that would go galaxy brain. We're going to get four, and all of a sudden the Bulls 
you know, have Caruso and and ball back and 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 I hope de- that happens because that's the kind yeah, of so fucking bullshit I love to see destroyed. Because that's yeah. get that shit out of here. Um, speaking of weird shit, how did we get an England Australian final in the Women's World Cup? Because England? they're the two best teams in women's cricket, and the odd thing is that they haven't played a World Cup final since like 1988. Yeah, uh, when we were like 10. Yeah, and. England are the defending champs and and like have been humiliated. They? Yeah, they they won the last World Cup. England beat India because India, the India superstar had that absolute blinder game against Australia in the semi final, and that was the game where Australia basically went. We've been coasting along on our talent. Our tactics aren't good enough. We're not f-. like exactly the thing we were talking about the Jazz that where they were. We have no flexibility and we've got no way of coping with this. You know one-off awesome performance, we need to add a bit of resilience and a bit of, um, you know, more than one scenario into our into our game. And they moved Healy up from seven to one and started doing a few different things, you know, flipping the batting order around depending on the, the game situation and things like that. And, you, you know, like moving their bowlers around so that you, you probably have your best bowler not come, not bowling her first over until the 30th over and shit like that. Um, but I just find it funny where England got smashed by Australia all all summer, came down, lost their first three games, I think, in this World Cup, barely scraped through and then played an awesome game in the semi. I watched that game. It, they, they just dominated that game against, um, against South Africa. Uh, now we get Australia-England in the final. So weird how South Africa in a semi didn't quite turn Yeah, off. South Africa not turning it's, up it, in a it's semi. It's weird how these kind of national stereotypes keep propagating themselves, isn't it? Well, the England commentator... By the way, uh, New Zealand won the 2000 World Cup. I'm not sure why um, Why I've been hearing chatter in New Zealand reigning world champions, which doesn't make any sense, as you say. I don't know yeah. where that came from. Um, and the thing is, though, that we we know so women's sport has been in a fucking dark place for so long that I accepted the idea that oh, New Zealand were world champions in twenty seventeen without even thinking about it, without thinking, hey, I would have noticed if that had happened. Yeah, yeah, and I th- I think that that women's Are we say more Cup- about my ignorance or the world's ignorance. I think uh- I think it's the world's problem. It's not my fault. The children were at fault. <laughs> I think that women's World Cup that Australia lost was where I started to really sort of pay attention a little bit more. They, won in, they lost in the quarter, didn't they? they, they that was 7-8. That was uh, they weren't even close. No, nah, yeah, Australia weren't even close in 17. But but that, but that and there was some like one other game. Was that the only two games they lost in the last 47 years? Yeah. <laughs> it feels like that, doesn't it? But oh, they're not going to lose to England because um, the important thing is that England lose because by God, it's amazing to see all these people pop out of the fucking woodwork as soon as the England women's cricket team start doing well. Oh, Twitter I tell you, ob- I, I tell you, that- like I really want you fucking people to lose because you're obnoxious. You're a fucking stand-up comedian. Why the fuck do you care? Um, I have to do a I have to do a no dunks thing and and do tweet of the week, which goes to the the wet the <laughs> west. I've done a no dunks thing and suddenly start a Formula One podcast, even though I know nothing about Formula One. Um. Came from the the West Indian uh, official Twitter account. Hang on, hang on. If you're going to do that, I have to. Do the, I have to do the jingle. Mm, tweet of the <laughs> night. Wow. <laughs> Twitter. 
Um, when England got spanked in that last test match, went, oh, isn't it disappointing? All those England kids, you know, focusing on the NBA instead of growing up being cricket. Being <laughs> oh, yeah, so that was cold. <laughs> They're like, we need to have an invention. All the fucking patronising colonial bullshit that had been said about about Caribbean cricket. Although oh, clearly they're all focused on the NBA and baseball. Oh, Is there something we can do to stop it? Like, fuck off. We'll oh, look after us. You it, look after you, you cunts. Whoever was running the social media account had obviously been mainlining the, the Kings and, the, and and Portland's social media for a fair long, yes. long time and had stored that one up for just they, that moment. They, they understood how to do bands on a fucking socials account. Uh, that was that was goodness. Oh, dear. All right, Doc. Uh, what other sport have you got? Is the is the Australian Formula One on this week? Next week. Next week. And it'll right. be a nice, it'll be a nice, um, a nice change from the the last place they raced. Unless, of course, somebody fires a missile into one of the oil refineries at um, <laughs> Sco- uh, Port Scomo Melbourne. It should be fine. Scomo might just do that. You know, national security. Look, at if all. it wins him an election, would you be that surprised? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. There's no way they should have raced, and there's still time to retrospectively cancel it, particularly because um, Max Verstappen won, and he's a flute. They just announced a new race uh, on the Vegas Strip for Thanksgiving next year, which feels like a heat check for Formula One to really see how much of this fucking Netflix uh, bubble is real. Yeah, because they're having a, they have, a street, a street their race. Original, well, they've got their original race. Um, at the Circuit of, of the Americas, which is just outside Austin, which is a purpose-built, from, you know, racetrack. Um, they're doing a race around the Miami Football Stadium this year as a second Grand Prix in, in the US. And next year they want to add a third Grand Prix at uh, on the Vegas Strip, like down the Vegas Strip and around the streets and all this sort of shit. It mm. does feel like a heat check. It feels like, you know, if, if the Netflix bubble bursts, this could be a very short fucking... Enterprise, but you know it's worth, worth a fucking try. Well, it's it's, you know, it's better America was always the thing Qatar, they wanted Qatar to hit. and Saudi Arabia, I guess. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, as I say, you're much less likely to have some fucking some bunch of fire missiles through your oil refinery uh, in Vegas. Look, and if you do, you've got that CSI team who are well established who can do that stuff. I want you to cut this two minutes and thirty seconds out and spin it up into its own separate podcast. All right. <laughs> all right. I'll catch you on the flip side, Doc. Gary has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. Still doesn't know. What? What was that about? Oh, like, well, we've got to have a, we've got to have our own Formula One podcast. There's two minutes oh, and thirty oh, seconds. Fuck, I missed that. <laughs> I missed the joke. <laughs>